the caller has answered hello. Hi, it's Brian here. Um, he says, yeah, sorry um, to interrupt the call. Um, I wanted to make sure that I could have a male interpreter, but there's none available. Um, hang on. Maybe we'll uh, hang up and try again in a few minutes um, and see if we can get a male interpreter. That's Sorry, it okay. takes so long. It's no problem. I'll call back in four minutes, five minutes, something like that. Okay, that's fine. Okay, Thanks. bye. Take your call without a valid call. Hi, Philip. Hello? Hi, Philip. Are you there? Yeah, I, I can't hear you very good. Oh, okay. Let's try that. Is that better? Better. Thank you. Hi. This is Combo Interpret. This is Philip here. Did we find out if there's a male interpreter available? He's asking the interpreter if there's a male interpreter available. I said, not in this call center. There's not one available. There's no not a male here. Okay. Would it be possible so, to use interpreter? Uh, no, that interpreter has already left to go home. Okay. So do you want to go ahead or what do you want to do? Yeah, we might as well. We're not, we've been we've invested an hour of our time. We might as well give it a shot. What do you say? Okay. I'm guessing we don't have to have the interpreter's permission to record. Or do we? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, you know, the same as a call with, you know, the interpreter required to, you know, it's equal accent. And so, so it's the same. It's equal. It's confidential. There's confidential issues. So it's, you know, like, just like podcast, it's fine. It's equal for everyone. All right. It's equal access. So to explain what we're doing, uh, is we're going to try to record a, a podcast, and I'm talking to uh, my friend Philip and trying to uncover some of the mysteries of the deaf world for people like me <laughs> um, and anyone who's curious about um, the the world that the deaf live in, which is our world too. So <laughs> let's um let's start at the beginning, if you'd like, Philip. Tell us a little bit about your background. My background, um, I was born deaf, and my parents um, felt, they were concerned, you know, you know, they didn't know if I was mental retarded, if, you know, I'd have other issues, you know, when they test the baby right after they're born, you know, the arms, you know, and if the arms are in like the reflex i mean the reflex um but my function was fine and you know my movement you know if a baby's moving kind of different with no reflex they might you know have de developmental problems so my parents were upset with the first test because i didn't have a lot of um reflex so they decided to ask 
um, a religious, someone in the religious field. And in the morning, the doctor tested again, and, and I did it like normal. So my parents were so happy. They were so relieved. And then about two months later, my mom noticed, yeah, some sounds I just really didn't hear. I didn't hear the alarm. I didn't hear anything. So then she informed the doctor, and the doctor kind of laughed at my mom like, you know, she was, you know, being silly. Or like she was making it up, or she didn't understand. My mom kind of felt, you know, okay, you know, you're the doctor. And so two months later, I got to the doctor, and the doctor put down everything that, you know, he saw happening with me. Like this, I wasn't hearing any sounds, and, you know. So she put down all that, and they wrote notes. And so we had the doctor, you know, look. And the doctor kept telling, you know, no, my mom is getting, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of accepting what the doctor is telling her. So now I'm six months old, and my mom is still like, you know, I think there's something wrong. And so now the doctor's thinking, okay, my mom's paranoid. Hmm. So eight months, the doctor sees some signs that, yes. I'm deaf or hard of hearing. Wow. Um, let me so, ask, how long ago was would this be? Can you tell would you, are you can you tell me that? How long ago? That was the year I was born, nineteen seventy three. In the early seventies. Okay, so you're the same age as me. Um, that's I'm curious because now when children are born they test their hearing, um, as soon as they're born. Yes. And they call that test, it's E-D-H-I, early deaf sound. I can't remember. But That's fine. I, you're right. Because I've, I've had three yeah. children in the past six years, and I, I noticed that they did those tests. And it gives you a little bit of a nervous feeling um, watching them go through the test like... Um, you know, it's just, it makes you nervous. Yeah. I have to say something about that test. Um, don't get, it doesn't give you the full picture of it. Um, some parents have a baby born deaf and then, um, they say they do the hearing test and they fail. And the doctor, you know, the medical field, you know, they're all sad, you know, and pity them, you know. And then the parents feel guilty and upset. You know, why do I have a deaf baby? And they feel this guilt. My point is, why do people have an attitude, negative attitude, you know, regarding deafness? Hmm. I would imagine... It's just like any other, what we would consider a physical disability. Uh, if your child was born with, a, you know, an, a, a, a visual, uh, an impairment to their body, if, you know, a, a cleft palate or something visual or, a, 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 you know, maybe they can would consider it a disadvantage. And it would make a, a newborn yes. parent and sad. I've noticed... Hearing and deaf babies, no matter what, if they're hearing or deaf, the first sentence, you know, the first thing they see, it's visual. It's visual. They see their parents' expressions. They see their parents' smile. They see them frown. Hmm. They see it, you know. They see. It's all visual. Yeah, first. so we have to consider. Where a baby starts yeah. to relate to, you know, with the sounds too, but with a deaf baby, they can't hear it. So... The reassuring, the reassuring it's, oh, point would... It's not mm -hmm. limited. So they have the ASL language. So yeah. they can communicate. And the parents can communicate with the baby. So it is encouraging to think that there's no... <laughs> the joy or lack of joy in a person's life has nothing to do with them being born deaf. If they live in a warm and loving environment, yeah. just like every baby. Yeah. Yeah, that the baby is alive. That's what my mom, you know, she was happy. You know, she was paranoid, you know. She got, you know, thought maybe a mental disability and all these problems. But later she found out I was only deaf. Or it was fine. My mom was happy with that. 
you know, on mm-hmm. the other hand, you know, there's there's a long, you know, history, you know. My mom is very, you know, strong, supportive. She's very, she's a big ad- advocate, you know. And I do thank my mom so much that she supported me for, you know, every day of my life. My mom wishes we, you know, we that they learned fine when, you know, I was born because that's why, um, because I grew up oral and I was very isolated in school. I had like one or two friends. That was it. Oh, you grew up in a completely hearing environment in a regular classroom in a, like a public school? Yes. Oral until I was 20 years old. When I was 20, I started to learn ASL. ASL is American Sign changed. Language? Yes, American Sign Language. And my whole world changed. You know, if I was younger, you know, from birth to the age 20, I couldn't have group conversations. I had yeah. to have a one-on-one conversation. Why the long I delay? Why 20 years of no sign language and no um, deaf community? In the beginning, when I was born, I, you know, we met with the doctor, audiologist, you know, they encouraged speech. They encouraged, you know, the, my parents, you know, for me to hear and not associate with deaf, you know. And my parents thought, you know, okay, it's best if I could. So they asked me when I was five, do you want, if I wanted to go to the deaf school. I was five. You understand? I was five. Do I understand at age five that question? No. Of course, kids that they, you know, age would answer no, because they don't know, understand what it means. I didn't understand what it means. So my parents were like, okay, fine. He doesn't want to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I knew then what I knew now, I would have said yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, at because... five. <laughs> yeah. I can see the difficulty there. Um, hmm. So it's important to have kids happy with themselves and their self-esteem and they will be successful in life. Yeah, you were mentioning the the visual. So is that, and you sent me a video of a YouTube speech. Well, I'll have it in the show notes, a link so that other people can watch it. I don't have the details in front of me, but the man who was speaking mentioned the idea that deaf people are bilingual. Um, is, it, is this something, a point that you agree with, and you want to talk about that? Yeah. It's plenty. I was planning on mentioning that. After I met, and after, okay, after I finished the program, and I started learning, saw, you know, sign, and I, you know, at my old job, I worked in, the, in a food store, and the manager of that store came up to me and asked me, I have a son who's deaf. And I was shocked because in history, you know, many hearing people always ask hearing people, the doctors, the audiologists, you know, not a deaf person, you know, what's the best way to take care of a deaf person? You know, it's best to ask a deaf person how to take care of the best uh, deaf, you know, child. So my response to um, the man, I, it was, I encourage deaf children to go to both schools mainstream schools meaning regular public schools with hearing kids and deaf schools and that reason because the deaf school they can go for art sports drama the shows you know that kind of you know you know that kind of you know living skills learning that kind of part but mainstream kids, with the hearing kids, they can learn English and history and math, science, you know, but they have to have an interpreter, too. Hmm. So if they go to the deaf school, they have more, so- the social skills are there. They're better. They have friends. They have the support there. The mainstream school is there for the education. You know, it's equal with everyone, you know, nowadays in the world, you know, and it helps both if you go to both 
you have English in the mainstream, and you have ASL with your deaf friends at deaf school. So there's very few schools that start to establish um, bi- bilingual, bicultural, bilingual. I've noticed that kids are more, you know, they're more, um, have more courage, have, you know, when they're at the deaf school, you know. So during, I was there during my time. I worked with deaf at the deaf school for the deaf and blind. And I was a teacher's assistant, assistant and I taught high school mainstream ASL for two years. And also, they set up a new bye-bye school at BLC. What is that? And so that worked. Okay. So that, for the deaf and blind, more focused on the deaf. And then the, the other school. Oh, the school. Okay. Jameson School for the Deaf. They had the bye-bye program. This was a long time ago. During 2001, 2002, about. Okay. So, anyway. So, I encouraged the kids in the deaf school. I asked them, you know, to sign something. You know, and they had the, you know, hearing aids on it. And they looked at me kind of like, you know, nervous, like the teacher, like, what, you know, what did he say? Yeah, I was like, my heart kind of like broke. You know, I was like, can't you communicate with me? Were they, ju- were the, they just the beginning? Mm-hmm. What do you mean beginning? Can you uh, say, repeat that? Yes, yeah, we're... Were the students you were trying to communicate with, they were just starting ASL? Is that why, were they slow to learn or had they had not enough practice? Really, um, it's a visual school and the deaf students there had cochlear, had cochlear, cochlear implants and they were kind of like afraid to, of me, of my questions. You know, and I'm just asking, what, you know, what do you do in class for fun? What do you like to do? You know, what's your hobbies in there? They were kind of nervous to answer. So at the bye-bye school, they asked me to volunteer, give, you know, like, you know, a story, you know, from a book and show, you know, and do the story and, you know, ASL. And, you know, just follow what the story in the book said. And so I asked the kid a question. They were all just so aggressive and raising their hand. They all knew the answer, and they all wanted to answer. They were more motivated, more involved in school, more more brave. They had more courage. So you have to, you know, make sure the parents research double, you know, which school, you know, which school fits their child best, you know, which has the best education, you know, see how, you know, their kids are. I've noticed often that the deaf school, the parents, you know, just drop the kids off, you know, and want the school to babysit them, like, you know, and it's like, you know, where's the education, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, be- yeah, you know, I become concerned for that. You know, I'm a deaf person myself, and I feel like, you know, I have, I have other friends. You know, that understand how I feel, too. And other people, you know, we talk about it. And just recently, they set up a, um, a, at DBC, Deaf Bilingual Coalition. And uh, the purpose of that is to get people more aware of the bye-bye approach. And the AFA, Audiism Free America, their goal is to um, to get rid of autism. You know you know autism. Yes. Yeah. It, it's not a u t autism. No, no. Autism. A u d i s m. Autism. Autism. No. Okay. That's I. Okay. No. 
Yeah, it's not even in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, because it's like, you know, black people say, you know, how it was racism, you know, white people don't recognize, you know, so, so autism isn't, it's a deaf and hearing. It's, I see. I just looked like it up. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. <laughs> you have a dictionary? <laughs> yeah, autism is a term typically used to describe discrimination against deaf or hard of hearing people. It's in Wikipedia. It's, yep, a, it's yep. a nice article. It looks like it's well explained here. Yeah, it's very it's very controversial because um, the hearing community works with the deaf and the deaf to deaf community. You know, so some deaf support it, some don't. For me, you know. I went through a lot with my family, you know, you know, with autism, you know, often. So right now, people are starting, you know, just to mention that a lot. Because, you know, black have, you know, has their, Jewish people have their, gay, lesbian have their turn, you know. Now I guess it's, you know, the deaf turn. <laughs> you have your turn. Okay. Um. So there's more, there's, there's tons of controversies. I would have thought like a cochlear implant would not be a controversy at all. But after talking to you, you raised some points. Um, can, would you like to talk about cochlear? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Let me, you know, back up for when I was born. I asked my mom, um, I can't remember when, you know, why didn't I ask her, you know, why didn't you give me a cochlear implant? I was just curious. I don't want one. Don't get me, don't misunderstand me. I don't want one. But I was just curious, you know, asked my mom, you know, why didn't she give me a cochlear implant? Because I noticed many of the hearing parents put, you know, cochlear implants, on, implants in all the kids, on their deaf kids. And they don't, you know, give them the sign language or anything. They just give them the cochlear implants. So I asked my mom. And she kind of, you know, she was, you know, it could, you know, because she said it could damage my residual hearing. So I could hear a little, but I can't understand the words very clear. So, and if I got that, so if I got that, it would just damage all of my hearing. You know, like music and stuff and all that. I could hear it. I could, you know, hear it. But others, you know, no. So, you know, if my mom just like, no, I, she just didn't feel comfortable with it. So she just left it to where I used my hearing aid. And I've been having a hearing aid from I was about eight, like 91, 92. And then I just decided to take them off. Okay, this is the interpreter speaking. We need to switch interpreters, okay? That's fine. It's not uh, a fix-all. It's really just not. It's not like a magic pill. Um, doesn't just, you know, you don't get your cochlear and then, whoo, you can hear. So going back to remembering, I was talking about um, the hearing test when I was a baby, when I was first born. Um, took a hear- They give all babies a hearing test. And the people who did the test to find out if, say, the baby failed. Oftentimes, many times, doctors and audiologists, um, caseworkers, they tell the parents, we encourage you to get a cochlear. Get, get your baby a cochlear implant. Teach them to read lips. Um, but really, that's, that's incorrect. So now, a lot of deaf people now, um, the communities become more uh, united in the fights against that. There's two organizations, BBC and AFA. AFA is more focused on Encouraging doctors to be neutral, informing the parents about a cochlear implant, but also informing them about deaf culture, community, sign language, Um, because oftentimes they're not told about that option. Parents don't know about sign language. 
when kids are born. Um, they just don't get that information at all. And still, a lot of babies are born deaf, obviously, and then they're delayed in education. They're delayed in language. And I was very lucky because my parents, my mom specifically, number one, she met with me every day, sat with me every day for speech therapy um, and going to school and making sure I was taking care of, for example, in kindergarten. Um, let's see, the morning I was done in school, the afternoon was what left in the day. We did speech therapy for two to three hours every day. And often, you know, I'd see my friends going out and playing, and I was stuck having to sit there and do speech therapy, you know, practice speaking. So looking back, you know, I didn't have the quote-unquote normal childhood um, by any means. I worked hard on my speech, and I worked hard on reading lips and talking, and I worked hard, but where's my, um, you know, my feedback, my, my, you know, that's what I was exposed to. So as I mentioned before, you know, I loved knowing ASL, you know, I was 20 because at 20, um, you know, I could sign from then on, and really I could socialize with people, and my mom, you know, was upset because she noticed I was more happy and I was more content. Um, so, sorry, my computer just went dark. I lost my train of thought again. So, um, as far as my dad, you know, nine to mm, whatever age, my dad was not thrilled when I learned how to sign. We'll put it that way. Um, from the very first lesson, um, my parents, you know, you know, we were wasting our money. We've wasted our time. We've wasted our energy, you know, teaching you how to speak, and it was more of a personal insult almost. And it's about what's best for me, you know, what, what, what matches, what suits me the best. I know ASL helps me, you know, live successfully. Speaking does not, or, you know, trying to lip read does not. In some ways I can talk to people, but getting information back from people, I don't get anything. It's a one-way street um, in every sense. So... With sign language, it's a two-way street. At least there's something coming back to me. It's more accessible, and I'm happier. So, you know that movie, My My Fair Lady? Um, My Fair Lady, the, the original? That's kind of exactly how I felt. I, I relate very much to that movie. It's exactly how I felt. I, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know the movie. You don't know that movie. Oh, it's with Audrey Hepburn. Old movie. The Audrey Hepburn part I know, but I don't know the storyline. Okay. Um, well, that's okay. Some people don't... For those that don't know that movie, My Fair Lady, that's just kind of what I equate my experience to in a sense. Okay. Um, it's about uh, two gentlemen... Um, One's a professor. He made a bet. Um, he is a speech expert, a linguist, and made a bet with a friend. If he can find, um, basically, this, this woman, if he found this woman, poor, terrible, terrible accent, terrible speech, rough personality, um, little street urchin, basically. And so they made a bet that he could become, or he could teach her to be equated to a duchess, you know, become a fair lady. So teach her how to speak and improve her mannerisms and her, the way she behaves and, and um, linguistically make her perfect. And that was the bet, to see if she passes people's recognition, is she a duchess or is she a little street urchin? Um, and these two men, you know, you know, congratulate each other and yay, we did such a great job and, you know, she's perfect and we won the bet, but they kind of ignored her. Uh, you know, what is she? Effort. Is she mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Her involvement was ignored. And so that's kind of how I felt with school and with doctors and, you know, just people I met, church people, uh, people in general, people in general. You know, great job to your mom. You know, you do such a good job. You've done so well with him. Well, hello. I feel like I did the work. So it, it wasn't for me or, you know, being an oral um being oral in general was not for me. It just didn't work. It's not, uh, it's not accessible. Again, it's not accessible. It's not 
it doesn't allow people to access me. Um, there's no way for me to express back to people. Um, hearing aids didn't help, you know, uh, no cochlear. If, 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 if I had the implant, um, that would mean I would still have to go to speech therapy. I'd still be training, you know, understanding spoken word again. But, you know, because learning how to understand sound, it takes a long time. So that's why it's really important in ASL, with ASL, to have that ability because it's just, it's the best way. I mentioned another thing, the iPod. Um, people, you know, a lot of people listen to the iPod all the time. They got that thing in their ear constantly, very, very loud. And I know a lot of people who became older um, later on after having that booming thing in their ear, their hearing is going to decline because it's going to damage all the stuff in there from overuse, overstimulation. And I, that means that for that generation, they, mm. you know, who knows? They might be a whole generation of deaf people later. So ASL is not <laughs> something to neglect or ignore as if it's, sure. it's shameful. ASL, learn it now. Be ready. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I later. myself have some hearing issues. Um, I thought, I've always thought that people sounded uh, muffled to me. But I had some testing done. Within two minutes of the test, the woman stopped the test, and she said, you have Superman ears. And so that was the end of my medical pursuit. But um, now I'm nearly 40, and every sound, loud sound, makes my ears ring. Even if I'm doing dishes and two dishes clang together, I get out. Oh, it, it, it's kind of painful. So I am concerned, and I do have an iPod in my ears several hours a day. I don't abuse it. I'm not listening to uh, loud rock and roll anymore so much. You know, podcasts and things, spoken word, and yet that does concern me now. The idea of having the earbuds right in my ear. Right, right. That makes sense. That's why, of course, I encourage, you know, my hearing friends to... Give your ears a break, for one thing. Take a breather. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's almost like sitting, sitting on the computer for hours and hours and hours with that on your eyes, that strain. Take a break. If you don't give your eyes a break, your eyes are going to start to deteriorate. You're going to have thick old glasses on your face, and you don't know what happened. Yeah, I never would think about that. You know, you read all day and on the computer, and your, your eyes become strained and weaken. Um and the same could be true for your ears. I never really thought of that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's common. No, no. And then with the implant thing too, I've, I've, it's <clears throat> perfect for people who are late, um, you know, deaf late in life. It's because they've already experienced sound and experienced hearing, and so a lot of the, you know, that electrical impulse um, that makes you hear. Is, you know, they're, they're used to that. Before, you know, with my ex-wife, she had an implant. And I'm trying to remember specifically. Um, let's see. She got it when she was, I think, 10. And then um, the wire popped when she was, like, 13 or 14. Um, had to bring her back to the hospital. Had to redo the surgery. Put in a whole new one. The new one broke. She couldn't use it again. So, um, because I lived with her, uh, obviously while we were married, um, she was so frustrated. She was in pain. She was, it was intolerable. Then we got to have fun. She would complain, I'm getting headaches. Um, you know, if it was snowing, it would make that her skin and the back of her head, they're tight. Um, cause you know, when you get to goosebumps, everything tightens up. So, um, her skin would hurt and, uh, I just, problem after the next after the next after the next like that's a whole lot of suffering I really that is just not for me I do not want that so I see myself making a decision myself now I do not want that cochlear for myself um I feel like it is so much more of a hassle and so I've got you know friends who get infections I infections in your implant hmm. after years so there's so many underlying possibilities it's just I don't even want to go there hmm. so if someone you know advocates you know you should really get one uh, no yeah no 
because the last audiologist I went to, you know, after we made my appointment, the audiologist first question after the testing, you know, can you hear? Put your hands up, you know, on the on the right side, left side. Have you considered getting a cochlear implant? <laughs> first question out the gate. Right. <clears throat> out the gate, <laughs> and it's just you know, don't ask me that question again. Obviously, no. Why does that have to be your first question? Why does that be your very first question? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And do they awkward. by any chance? They, you know, they do they do get paid? Push those implants. I was just gonna say we're talking over each other. Sorry. Do so they? Get, oh no problem. What would they? Do they get bonuses for pushing devices? That's a good question. Someone said they don't get any bonus or benefit from it, but from what I've seen, from my understanding, um, they do get a, I, I, my assumption is a referral bonus or a referral perk, um, you know, the kind of back and forth between the doctor and the audiologist. Um, I mean, it's a money machine. It's a cash cow. It's exactly what it is. So I have no doubt that, you know, while they say, no, we don't, audiologists work with specific doctors who work with that same specific audiologist for a reason. So, um, yeah, and it, I, yeah. It, it wouldn't matter the industry, any industry, if you're moving medical devices, you're going to get a reward. Just like if you were the number one prescriber of a certain pill, obviously you're going to be treated well. And there's got to be some compensation, whether it's, you know, on the books or not, or a free trip somewhere or, or something. I, I can see that. Right, right. And also... Um, you know, I've, I've, I've noticed, well, how do I phrase this? I'm trying to formulate my sentence here. Um, it's a, it's a sensitive topic because of course we don't talk about in the deaf community. We don't really discuss the cochlear implants. It's a very sensitive topic. Some people are all for it. Some people are completely against it. And I would say it's best to just leave the deaf person to decide if they want or not. I mean, later, if you're hearing your whole life, you become deaf. That's one thing. If you're born deaf and you want your cochlear, that's fine. But that's their personal decision. But it shouldn't be forced upon them. You know, mm-hmm. deafness is I not understand. something that you necessarily have to change. It's just it 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 should be an option. But you learn to deal with your deaf baby. You learn ASL. And wow, miracle cure! That is the miracle pill. You can now communicate with your baby. Wow. Right. And for some reason, a lot of parents are our parents are okay. You know hearing parents teaching their hearing babies to sign why is it that so many deaf babies are not taught to sign it's so convoluted it's so backwards yeah, that, that's crazy because most parents now I mean a lot of the active engaged parents now teach their hearing children sign language because communication starts so much sooner that way I know we would only taught just a few signs to our kids but it still helped Right, and so communication, the flow, um, they become less aggravated, less frustrated because they can actually communicate. And, you know, sign, it, it helps. It, it certainly helps development. Um, it helps the brain. It helps the fundamentals. Yeah, this is a very inspired um, point. I, I really, I really appreciate This is a very inspired point because it is only about the communication. It doesn't matter what method. If we emitted pheromones that we understood it wouldn't matter facial expressions sound or not right right that is the central point and my relationship with my father um is not strong um it's almost we never talk we almost never talk i see him every day uh so i'm every day growing up you know during my teenage years we Thought constantly, daily arguments, and nothing. I mean, it was no. How do you describe it? I mean, it was very harsh communication, very rough communication. It was more um, of this kind of dumping rather than, you know, you're not understanding how I feel. It was more of just a. If I had problems in school, for example, my parents, you know, supported the school. Um, you know, if there was a bully who was picking on me at school. You know, they, and of course I would get picked on. I was the only deaf kid. Um, the rest were hearing, so I was kind of stand out in the crowd. 
how do I defend myself if my parents, you know, have to go through these school to get to me? Um, of course I'm going to lash out and protect myself and do what I have to do. And then, of course, I would end up in trouble, and my parents would single me out, and I would try to explain, you know, and they would doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt me So my because they didn't understand what I was saying. So my relationship with my family, it was not an easy upbringing. Um, and I still have some anger issues with my parents, some residual anger with my parents, I guess you can say. Um, you know, it's hard to, to do anything because I have to let it go because I can't communicate with that with them. And it's too late at this point. I'm too old. But that's why I wanted to share my experiences with other parents so they can hopefully understand that if they have a deaf child, oh, no, this is the interpreter speaking. We just completely lost our video feed with him. Oh. Oh, Oh, shoot. Hold on one second for me. Let me see if I can get him back before I tell you guys that you have to try this all over again. That's okay. One second for me. Still ringing. Hold on one second. Fingers crossed. Okay. So I can actually communicate to Philip via Twitter, but it's slow. And by the time I send him a message, oh, okay. it, it could take a few seconds. Yeah, because he has a certainly. Well, if you'd like to, if you'd like to try and send him a message, just let him know we're trying to call him. I did. Back. I did. I said operator is oh, calling good. you. Okay. Still ringing. Hmm. And then after a few minutes, it just disconnects or just hangs up. My okay. fear is that his laptop might have run out of juice or something. <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can reach him. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so he's saying he's gonna, he has to reboot his computer. So we'll try again in a few minutes. Uh, okay? As I suspect. Okay, well, okay. we'll be here whenever you guys get it figured right, thank out. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hello? Hey, it's Brian. Are you there, Philip? Hi, Brian. Yes, this is Philip. Oh, sorry about the disconnect. Hard to control those things. I know. Yeah, so it was just a computer issue? Yeah, seems to be. Seems to be. I think um, my uh, my McAfee somehow blocked, just out of the blue, blocked my, my internet access. And obviously I need that to connect with my interpreter. And then it was too late. It was too late. So once it blocked, it just gave me this, you know, McAfee found a suspicious blah, 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 and then my interpreter was gone. Okay. So I had to reboot the whole thing. So let's explain what you're doing on your end. So explain what I'm doing on my end? Yeah, like so that uh, the audience can understand how we're talking. You are, I don't know, I'm, I'm, you're, you're using a video. You're, explain how it works. You're talking to an interpreter. Sure. Oh, sure. Um, let's see. It's funny uh, because I go... I go to a government facility and got in touch with, um, you know, I go to the bank or I get in touch with the bank or the people and they always say um, that the interpreter, um, you have to use a TTY. We can't use a video relay service, you have to use a TTY, which is a non-existent technology anymore. I'm sure you can well imagine with something as fantastic as VRS and having a live person interpret for you, who the heck is going to use a TTY? But they're still so archaic that, you know, it's, it's, it's for those I don't know what a TTY is. It's like a computer, like a little typewriter almost, with a little text screen and a ticker timer that prints your conversation out for you as you type back and forth with a person. So now you've got your video phone or like a webcam, and how it works is a deaf person has a program installed on their computer, or they have an actual piece of equipment called a video phone provided by one of these companies that's connected to a television set. And um, uh, it supplies video via your cable modem. And what it does is when you call to one of these agencies, um, like right now we've got this great technology, and say I've got a hearing friend. I get his phone number. um, I give it to the interpreter that I get, and they call my hearing friend. Now, the person is connected very quickly. They hear the interpreter's voice. They know it's me calling. 
And the interpreter can go back and forth in real-time conversation with me and my friend. Once upon a time, with uh, the TTY, you had to break your communication and tell the person when you were done. So if the sentence was over, I would type in GA, which means go ahead, and then wait for them to go ahead and, and respond. Or SK, which means stop keying, indicating I'm done with the conversation. So now I don't have to do that anymore, as you can tell. I just talk straight to my interpreter, and the interpreter voices exactly what they see as they see it. And there's no break in, in communication anymore. The video phone is the latest and greatest technology with the relay service to get a live interpreter. It's much more fluid. It's much more efficient. Saves a lot of time. Saves a lot of money um, so the, for businesses because it takes a lot less effort. Yeah, so the interpreter is watching you sign on video? Right, right, wow. right. We can yeah. see each other via video screen. Okay. And so whatever she sees me say, she translates into English. And whatever she hears you say, she translates into ASL. Wow. So the interpreter, what I see her doing when you speak is signing. And uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those wonderful things where you no longer have to say, tell him I said, la, 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 la. Now, right. if you speak, she's going to sign it. That's it just, just the way it goes. It. Right, right. So, exactly. So it's a real-time conversation. So there's are, no more of this tell my friend third-party garbage. Who is the company that we're using, that you were using, the service? Right now, I'm using a company by the name of Convo Relay, C-O-N-V-O, Convo Relay. As far as I know, they're the only deaf-owned relay service um, because I certainly believe in supporting deaf-owned businesses. Obviously, I'm deaf myself. Yes, that, that makes perfect sense. It's the same thing. Sense. How it's the yeah. same concept as how I feel about deaf products or um, the like for deaf babies. That kind of thing. It's the same thing. As an adult using a video relay service, it's a deaf-owned company. You want to see it do well. Um, there's a there's a company called ASL Inside, um, who uh, signs of intelligence are called. The CEO, uh, by the name of Missy Keast, K-E-A-S-T, um, she attempted to sell DVDs to help parents communicate with their deaf babies. Um, she also has uh, DVDs a complete set of DVDs for um, pregnant women so they can watch and prepare themselves, um, you know, about schooling, doctors, how to handle. You know, if you have a deaf patient, how mm -hmm. do you, you know, do this to educate doctors, to educate, um, you know, learning institutions what to do, but also to educate parents, you know, think, you know, deafness is in my family, what do I do? You know, so here's the second month, here's the fourth month, here's the sixth month, mm -hmm. this is what you do. Or the, the trimesters, first, second, third, I'm not a woman, I don't know what this stuff looks like. <laughs> but it's broken up into whatever those are called. <laughs> but they're for deaf women, you know, what to do with your baby, if it's hearing, if it's deaf, what to do. Um, and I find it interesting, you know, to see hearing people, I feel funny to see hearing people selling baby sign products, if you will. Um, you know, a hearing person selling, producing, videotaping themselves, signing and teaching baby sign language. It just feels so disconnected, I guess, mm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Why would you not want a deaf person teaching their native language to your baby? How to learn it, how to receive it, how to um, yes. express it, I what know. the grammar looks like, what the structure looks like. <laughs> Interesting. It makes a lot more sense to me. I know even on our, you know, we had those really terrible baby Einstein DVDs for the children. And one of them had some signing in it, and they used a famous actress who's deaf. I, I don't know her name. But they actually did use a deaf person to do the signing in that in that DVD. Right. I, yeah, I can't. I don't know exactly. I haven't seen them. But um, the TV, this TV show called Switched at Birth. Um, not sure if, if you're familiar with it. And they have, um, you know, a deaf, they have deaf actresses in that program, which I certainly commend. I'm happy to see that happen. Um, new, fresh deaf faces on TV, so it's great. Hmm. But it's just, again, it's interesting, because when I see a hearing person, you know, um, pretending to be deaf, it's like, even in an acted position, acting position, like, what do they, I don't know, what they what they do 100 years ago, you know, what they, I don't know, it's just, it's like blank face, it's, just, it's the same, as, it's an archaic version of a deaf person i feel like yeah you know they use it's makeup and 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I, I it's really. It's thing. It's like a white person painting themselves black. I was just going to say it's just like blackface black or something. I I kind of get it. I I understand where you're at, and um, obviously there's a role for black uh, black people for deaf people, and it would be in these fields. There, right? There's 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 work and opportunity, and we don't need hearing people doing those things. How? What is um? Do you have any statistics on the numbers of deaf people? How, in, I'm sorry, you broke up just a little bit. The, the, the numbers sorry. of what? How, how the numbers of deaf people in the United States, or how, what percentage of children are born deaf? That's a good question. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head at the moment, but. Um, I know if you go on the internet, uh, nad.org, nad.org, okay. the National Association of the Deaf, um, they will certainly have that information on there. Okay. Uh, they also have a lot of uh, educational tools, of, you know, advocacy. Um, they're more of a, let's see how you find, they're more of an informant. Um, they're more of in an educational uh, position. So if you are looking for an advocate they're the ones to go to if you're curious they're the ones to go to so i know they they are related with afa uh, autism free america they do have relationships with them and they certainly try to um encourage more of an activist type um an activist type role for ad for afa and so they're more on the legalistic side so they're more of a a very large support organization for the deaf the Mm -hmm. deaf community across the, the country are they a lobbying group as well Um, one moment for the interpreter. This is the hard part about our new technology. Sometimes it glitches up on us. One second. Um, I'm not sure if they're the lobbying group. I know they do a lot of lobbying and advocacy on behalf of the deaf community. And they started way back in the Alexander Graham Bell days when, um, you know, he so far, well, that, at that point in time, um, it was all an oral community. You know, sign language was not allowed. And I've met a lot of deaf leaders um, who have come from um, being associated with the NAD, especially, you know, our, our very first um, deaf leaders in our community came from the NAD because they were kind of the, um, the first advocates to deaf community in ASL. And they still fulfill that purpose today. So making sure that the, a, you know, the, the ADA laws are followed and rights are maintained and um, language is not suspended and so um it's something we're very it's, proud of you know it's it's very interesting it's a, mm-hmm. they're a fabulous organization they that's, that's certainly great. would have those statistics okay great well since we're we've hit technology we've talked technology a little bit how has social networking been for you has this been a real inspiration has it helped you in in life Social networking, um, it's helped me connect with people, absolutely, on an equal playing field. It certainly equals the player. It certainly flattens the playing field a bit. Um, same thing with text messaging. You know, hearing people and deaf people, we can text without interruption. Deaf to deaf, hearing to hearing, deaf to hearing, doesn't matter. We can all text the same. Same thing, we can all Twitter the same. Um, we've got a lot more accessibility with the social networking site. So Twitter, Facebook. Um, all of that. For me, I started trying to find, you know, working to find social media work um, and then wanted to learn how, I guess, to improve is the word I want. Improve that technology. Improve the, 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 the word use, the processing. Um, wanting to go to uh, workshops and such. But again, um, you know, hearing people are very, you know, uh, finicky in person, I guess, if you with a deaf person, because it's, 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 um, it's hard face-to-face to communicate. But if you're online, there is no communication barrier whatsoever. We're just mm-hmm. online. Right. Use Twitter. Use I am. Use your text message. Use your Whatever. It feels, it's, it's more fluid. It's less, um, it's less uh, nerve-wracking, I guess you would want to say. Because in person, a hearing person, you know, they can almost go into panic mode, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I don't know what to, how to say, what to Communi- say. I don't know. Communication, And with the deaf person, yes. you're kind of mm-hmm. like, 
Yeah, the communication again with it. You know, just try. I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> but any time it gets here. frustrating, you tend to it's it's really not easy. I know living in California, um, say if I were to encounter a person who only spoke Spanish, or I would even see someone the way they would talk to someone who only spoke Spanish as if they were mentally re- retarded, mentally challenged when they just spoke a different language. And as soon as you lose your ability to communicate with someone, it's almost a panic in a way. Not a mad panic, but if your brain kind of, it, it, it misfires trying to <laughs> use a different form of communication if all you do is talk. It's, it's, it is frustrating. Right, and I can certainly respect that, of course. Um, and it, it's that communication barrier in person. Um, wanting to mention about the interpreters as well, uh, and that, that thought just popped into my head. A lot of times communicating with doctors or business or basically just um, the uh, everyday stuff, they're a little surprised because interpreters are expensive, expensive. Um, in person. To have an interpreter in person, it's expensive. Some understand, some have a hard time with it. Um, an interpreter, they cost quite a bit. They do because um, they, of course, need to maintain their certification. That's a big thing for an interpreter. Make sure they meet what's called their CEUs, Continuing Education Units. Uh, They have to take workshops. They have to take X amount of workshops to get X amount of credit in order to maintain their certification. Sometimes they're in different states. Sometimes they need to fly around. It's just, it's amazing what they do to maintain their certification. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is a personal expense for the interpreter. So here in, in Arizona, for example, you have to have your RID certification. It's a registry of interpreters for the deaf. Um, RID.org is their website. And they've got some great information there for people who want to maybe explore how to become an interpreter, the possibility of becoming an interpreter. Some states don't require that. Some states absolutely require that. Um, and I encourage, of course, interpreters who want to be certified to go through RID and to do it um, because they tend to know more of what to do, how to do it appropriately. Um, they're very stringent on making sure that their interpreters, you know, pass their tests for a reason. So, like, for example, working with doctors and confidentiality, you know, if there's a child who's hearing and the mom and dad are deaf and, you know, say there's an 8-year-old hearing kid, you don't want your eight-year-old child interpreting your surgical appointment. Um, <laughs> it's just not going to work. You right. know, maybe their their deaf father had a heart attack, and he's sitting in ICU, and he's got his eight-year-old child trying to interpret for his deaf dad hmm. as he's freaking out. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it looks it like doesn't work. The so good thing I would I would the mess- go ahead. Sorry. Sure. Sorry about that. So the message that's being uh, Basically, as an interpreter getting the actual message from the deaf person to the hearing doctor or back and forth, vice versa, whatever the case is, realistically, you if, if it was the, the other way around, you, you'd want that. You'd want the professional with the certification. Um, and a lot of times they don't consider um, these interpreters work um, on their own. They're independent contractors. They don't get medical benefits. They don't get 401Ks. Um, they don't get all the stuff. They take care of that. They don't get taxes taken out of their paychecks. They have to take care of this on their own. So to see some small profit for themselves, I don't know, to eat or whatever the case is, um, they have to charge a bundle. Of course, to cover all of the aspects of work that so many people take it, or, you know, take for granted. So that, that, that's the, yeah. for good reason, they're expensive. I understand. And another thing that we encountered um, in this adventure of ours on this show, I know we wanted to get a male interpreter for you because this is your voice on a podcast and there were none available. And you said there there aren't a lot of male interpreters. So you could imagine there would be many other situations where it would be preferable to have a male interpreter. Like at the doctor's office. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The uh, male part of your examination. Yes, sure. absolutely. <laughs> Just for all the many, many different private conversations um, or things. I, I could understand that. 
Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, <laughs> excuse me, it's, it's odd to hear a woman's voice knowing that you're speaking to a man. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, how eloquent she is, a woman's voice. <laughs> right, right. So I, I still, I, I have you pictured, yeah, I have, actually have a, you, a, your um, picture in my head. I'm trying to stick with <laughs> the <laughs> idea of who I'm right. talking to. It would have been neat if I could have seen the video as well. That would have really, I think, pushed me uh, closer to you, so I, I felt like I was actually talking to you, I think. Right, right. I know it's it's hard to maintain that photo after a while, I know. Um, but that's why, of course, we try and, you know, get my male friends who are interested in sign, like, yes, be interested, go to school, be an interpreter. <laughs> Yeah, and then the other advantage, okay, so we have the live interpreter. So then back to technology, uh, are, are you encouraged by the idea of maybe using, you know, devices, uh, iPads and such for increased communication? Good question. Um I don't actually own an iPad, unfortunately, but I can certainly imagine it would help me. Um, say if I go to a meeting or um, if I, anywhere I've got Wi-Fi access, if I'm not understanding something, you know, we can A, type back and forth, or um, if I needed something faster, um, I can call a relay operator. I can call Convo on my iPad. Yeah, that's what my I was. IPhone, you know, and, and there'll mm -hmm. be an interpreter there on hand at all times, whatever my situation is wherever I am, you know, stuck on the side of the road, doesn't matter. So that would be certainly better than a stationary computer, of course. Yeah, I thought there would be but I certainly feel many like advantages, that, that yes. Can... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And those, you know, I notice a lot of deaf people who work, you know, they've got, um, it, it's three to four times harder than a hearing person as far as trying to communicate because um, there are factors involved. You know, I've noticed with the hearing world, um, I don't know if they expect more from deaf people or expect, I don't know what they expect from deaf people. Um, or let me rephrase that, because sometimes it's maybe not expecting too much from deaf people. It's just, I don't know what it is, really. It just feels like there's a, there's a standard okay. that's not being mm -hmm. um, clarified or met. Because before, when I was working in this particular job, I felt like I had to, A, work harder to kind of prove myself. Like, I'm just deaf. That doesn't mean I can't do a good job. Mm -hmm. You know, that I deserve my paycheck, that I, can, I, I deserve my position. But a hearing person, you know, they can trawl a lot through work and, you know, like it's, it's an everyday thing. And, of course, that is the larger culture. Um, it's, you know, we call it hearing privilege. It's almost the same to white privilege or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case sure. is. Sure, sure. So there's just so many things. I know we're back and forth and back and forth, and I'm not on one topic at all right now, but that's why no, that my... We, uh, that's fine. <laughs> you know, we... My name is Death 258. <laughs> We we had talked about scripting this and um, me just sending you email a list of email questions and then you replying, but I didn't think there'd be any use in that because it's not a conversation. That's just a you know that's a, an interview, but not not interesting to me. So it's okay. Uh, jumping around is fine. That normal conversation goes all over the place. Right, and I'm hoping that with more practice, because, you know, I, I, I haven't had an interview in a long time. I'm hoping that with more practice, you know, my interviews will be more fluid <laughs> as far as my topic choice. Yeah, The sure. flow will be a little bit more consistent. Sure. Are there other really hot topics or important things that you want to uh, talk about or let me know about? Even something, if we couldn't even get to it today, that uh, give me something to think about or research. Good question. Um, I think we've covered quite a bit for today. The education, um, the cochlear implant, that's a big one. Um, we talked about um, therapy, background, um, speech therapy. Maybe we can, and uh, technology, we can maybe post one for another part, for another podcast. But I think that was quite a bit of information. Okay, that's good. So, I mean, did you have any more questions for me? No, not specifically. Um, I just want, you know, do you have a takeaway message, something to say to people about, do you have, a, um, just um, 
a closing thought? <laughs> I feel like adding so many takeaway messages. With I, there's a takeaway message for each topic. Yes, I understand. Sure, sure. Which one do you pick? And I know that you're not on a speaking tour, and you don't have talking points, and I understand that. And you don't have a book, and you don't have, you don't have a, a, a clear and concise message that you want to convey audibly. So I understand. That's that's fine. I think this is good, and it's good food for thought. And I think we're going to be able to do this again, if you'd like. I think, I think the second time we'll do a lot better too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be good. So if I had to take one, my takeaway message would have to be something along the lines of: I just hope that hearing people don't, um, don't paralyze in fear when you meet a deaf person. When you meet a deaf person, don't. Um, uh, you know, start yelling or mm. act like a cartoon character as if for some reason your face mm. is now made of Play-Doh. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to see you looking like a cow, like you're trying to chew some cut or something. It doesn't work that way. Be normal. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if, if it's not working, write back and forth. And if that's talking working, slow doesn't help, and does it? write something on a text message. No. <laughs> no, talking slower doesn't help. So that's my message. Don't freak out. Don't give up. <laughs> That's really great. I think that's an awesome takeaway for the, you know, for the end of the conversation. Um, thank you so much for your time. Let's do this again soon. Okay, no problem. Thank you so much for your time. You have a very good evening, okay? Right. Good night now. Bye. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>